Hello and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 31. Happy Halloween, you beautiful, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for another year of 31 Days of Terror. Thank you as always for your support throughout the year and your love and your kindness and your listens. It means the absolute world to me. And I have four spooky stories for you today. And story number one comes from Rachel. My best friend at 15 years old used to terrify me with stories of a black cloaked figure she'd see in the middle of the night in her home. It would appear at the end of her bed and seemingly just stand and stare for a while before turning around and disappearing through the wall adjoining her mum's bedroom. I am the world's biggest wuss, so I took the stories with a pinch of salt as she knew I was easily frightened. Her mom casually mentioned it in conversations with my BFF too. Oh, did you see him last night? I think it was about 1am when I saw him. Like it was Grandpa who had just walked around the house and not some menacing black ghoul. It astounded me, it just didn't seem to bother them. Needless to say, I very rarely slept over at my friend's house only on the odd occasion. On one of these occasions, we'd been out with friends hanging around the local park smoking, gossiping, all the usual 15-year-old things you do in a small town with no entertainment. It was late, around 10.30pm, and it was autumn time, so it had gotten dark early. We decided to stay at my friend's house as she lived the closest. We took our time walking home and walked through the door at about 11pm. We went straight through to the kitchen to grab a midnight snack. As my friend's mom was already in bed, we made sure to be respectfully quiet tiptoeing on the hardwood floor of the living room so as not to wake her and possibly have a telling off for being back so late. Midway through eating my ham and cheese toasty, I heard the creaking of the stairs and knew we had failed and woken up my friend's mom. I braced myself for a telling off and as I heard the footsteps across the wooden floor of the living room, I looked at my friend. We both turned to the entrance to the kitchen as the footsteps reached us to see nothing. No one walked through the door. I was so confused. I looked at my friend and she walked out to check on her mom. The living room was empty. We both went upstairs. I was not going to be left down there on my own. And her mom was sound asleep in bed still. I did not spend the night. I walked home. That sounds like a very wise decision. It's amazing what people get used to, right? Like obviously your friend and her mom had gotten to the point in seeing this cloaked figure where they were just like, oh, he was around again last night. Don't worry, he might be menacing and a black cloaked figure and be hanging around floating through walls at night time, but he won't do you any harm, so we're just not going to worry about it. I just find it mad what people get used to. And story number two comes from Anonymous. When I was a kid, my cousins and I would go to our grandparents' condo for sleepovers. These sleepovers were our absolute favourite thing to do. No parents, no rules, only our grandparents spoiling us with love, games and food. I'm all grown up, but if I could go back and have fun like that, I would. There were five of us, and usually the three boys would play together, and the two girls, myself and my cousin who's about three years younger than me, would do their own thing. My younger cousin and I had this plastic Cinderella tea set that could entertain us for hours. We used to fill the cups up with water and pretend we were grown-up fancy ladies out for tea. And for context, we were very, very young American girls. 
My grandma would always store the toys in her closet. So any time we wanted to play, we would have to go into her bedroom, then into her closet to get the toys. When you walked into the room, the bed was facing you with two nightstands on either side and across from the far side nightstand was the closet door. This day was like any other day. All the cousins were playing in the living room while my grandma was in the kitchen. I was about eight and my younger cousin was about five when we decided we wanted to get the tea set. Of course, I, being the older cousin, walked ahead of her down the hallway into the bedroom when I stopped abruptly in my tracks at the doorframe. Standing over the far nightstand was a man. He was about six foot tall, and at first I thought he might be my grandpa, but then I remembered my grandpa was working that day. He was wearing an old black trench coat with a black hat that looked kind of old-fashioned. He was turned away from me bent over the nightstand, and it seemed like he was looking at something or maybe looking for something. I couldn't see his face, and I don't think he saw me looking at him. I remember my gut telling me to turn around and leave now. Do not stay here. Do not get his attention. Do not speak to him. So I immediately turned around, dragged my cousin with me to run to the kitchen. We ran over to my grandma. I was freaking out and I said, Grandma, Grandma, there's a man in your room. She looked at me very confused because obviously there was no man in her room. She was in the kitchen right by the door and it was the middle of the day but she must have seen how absolutely terrified I was that she stopped what she was doing and the three of us walked into her room again together. My grandma checked the closet, the bathroom and all over the room. It wasn't that big and there were no signs of anyone being there. Plus her window overlooks the second floor. It's not like someone could have broken in and then broken out the minute we were gone. After we looked through everything, I was still frightened, but she reassured me that it must have been my imagination or a trick of the light and I reluctantly accepted that because what else was I supposed to believe what gets me is that this was the middle of the day I was not asleep I wasn't even tired the lights were on in the room and the sunlight was visible through the window I had been in that room a million times and I'd never seen anything like that the condo was such a happy and safe place full of wonderful memories so the feeling of absolute terror was so foreign to me there I knew nothing about ghosts or the paranormal. In fact, it wasn't until years later that I found out about the hat man and that other people have seen him around too. I brought up the story to my grandma later and she remembered how freaked out I was. She said I actually scared her a bit. Anyway, when I walk by her room to this day, I don't look inside and I refuse to go in without someone already being in there. That's my story. Thankfully, it's the only one I have. It's my go-to ghost story. And even though my family is sceptical, they believe I saw something that day. I believe you saw something that day. Usually ghost stories have like a build-up, you know, you've got like a cold feeling or it was in the middle of the night when I woke up. Like this was kids playing in the middle of the day and you run into your grandma's room and the undertaker is there. And you're thinking, wow, undertaker, what are you doing outside of the ring? I always think of the undertaker when I hear Hatman stories, like every single time I think of the undertaker. And I, like you, then you go run into your grandma and you're like, there's a man in your room. There is a man in your bedroom. Of course, it's going to scare the living shit out of you. And granted, like, I get it. You know, people are going to be sceptical, but it's not like you were primed in that moment to see that. You were running into your grandma's bedroom, as always, to get some toys in a house that is full of joy and happiness. So I agree. I agree you saw something that day. 
And story number three comes from Livia. As I'm writing this, I'm 14, almost 15, and I'm from the east coast of the US. I'm an omnist. I believe that all religions have a purpose and a reason. And I'm a witch. I don't sacrifice babies. I focus on spirituality and nature. But just from personal experience, I am a lightning rod for emotion and can sense spirits by their emotions. Even though I'm only 14, I've had lots of paranormal activity in my life. So I'll just start from the beginning. I was born on an October night with my stillborn twin, which was extremely common on my mom's side of the family, but I didn't know that until several years later. On the night of my 10th birthday, I had an almost nightmare, but it wasn't scary, just kind of creepy. In this dream, I was in a dressing room right beside the stage in an old church I used to go to with my parents. There were no dressing rooms remotely close to the stage. They were two floors up. But these dressing rooms looked like bathroom stalls. The lights were out and the breaker happened to be in my dressing room. So my dad was sitting there working on the breaker box. I looked over to the door and I saw a ghost and I got scared. I shut the door and locked it. I looked over the door and it was a normal person. They had long brown wavy hair, stunning blue eyes and olive pale skin. They were wearing a black dress with sparkles throughout it. She looked at me and walked up to the door so that I could see their heels from under the door. Then they said, it's you, like she's been waiting for me for a long time. Then I proceeded to go down to her feet like I was worshipping her and it ended there. I remember her heels like my own hand and I can't find anything that looks like them anywhere. They were powdery pink velvet open-toed heels with a pretty sturdy base and I think they kind of looked more like sandals. When I woke up, I thought, wow, what a weird dream. But okay, this person looked almost exactly like me, except they had blue eyes. Later, I found out that I had had a twin that didn't make it. A few years later, I began seeing things in my little brother's room, specifically a tall shadow man that creeps over the doorway from the inside. It got so bad that I had to hang a crucifix in his bedroom above his bed. Now onto the scary bit. This was absolutely terrifying and it started about six months ago and lasted about five months. The church that my parents go to has a youth group in another building which used to be an old tobacco storehouse and a flea market. Well, some bad shit happened or a really bad person was there or something because I picked up on it. Something had malicious intent. And when I say I picked up on something, this thing attached itself to me. And during this time, I was dealing with some trauma from a person I couldn't escape. It wasn't a person from home, but a person from all of my classes. And that thing fed on it, and it was god-awful. Anytime I was anxious or upset, my entire left arm would tense up and I couldn't move it. Sometimes I could feel it on my back. So I did the only logical thing I could think of after I hid it for a month. I went to one of my friends who worked in demonology and they told me to banish it, which I tried, but I would just tense up and stop moving for a few minutes until it decided that I wouldn't do it again. A few days after that, I decided to talk to another one of my witch friends about it and he offered to banish it for me and he did. It went away for a bit, but then it came back and it was pissed and hurt me a lot whenever it felt like it. I ended up going back to my demonology friend and they tried something that worked for a little bit. 
but I would have visions of it watching me from miles away and then a mile away and then only a few hundred feet away and I saw this thing, it was just a cloud of black. I eventually was able to banish it and I haven't seen it since but I still have issues with my left arm. So far I'm doing okay but if anything does happen I'll update you. Livia, I'm going to be the really annoying patronising adult in this situation and I am going to say that if you have not already, I would recommend that you have a trusted adult that you speak to about these things too. I know that you're going to a friend who's a demonologist. I have strong feelings about people who refer to themselves as demonologists. Um, and I know that you've gone to your other witch friends in order to help you. But actually, it is kind of sometimes okay to speak to adults in your life about situations like this. It might make you feel better. They might be able to talk you through it. They might be able to offer you some help and some advice. Because whatever is going on for you and that whole feeling of your left arm seizing up and stuff, it's a lot to be dealing with on your own. And I know that you're perfectly able to handle yourself and make your own decisions. But I'd be speaking to somebody and maybe, especially because it's physiological, especially because it's causing these physical reactions, it might be worthwhile just unloading that burden a little bit. But listen, come here to me. Much kudos, respect for being an omnist. I don't think I'd ever even heard that phrase before which is believing that all religions have a purpose and a reason. I love that attitude. That uh, it's not one single religion that is right, or maybe some of them are right. I like the attitude that if it means something to you, it's got a purpose, it's got a reason, and it's important. And you know how I feel about twins. I think twins have a serious bond. And maybe despite the fact that your twin was very sadly born, stillborn, that you still maintained that bond. And story number four comes from Anonymous. Until the age of nine, I lived in a 1950s house with my family in the Midlands in England. During this time, I suffered from recurring nightmares, which terrified me most nights and set me running to my parents' room. The dreams often involved skeletal hands creeping around doors while I was in my room and things would often be back to front, like I was in a mirror world. I was also prone to sleepwalking and my dad would find me suddenly appearing in the living room in a trance-like state. However, I feel these incidents were more to do with my tumultuous upbringing with a parent who had severe mental illnesses rather than something paranormal. But I know some are interested in odd dreams. My actual story is what happened one night when I experienced a nightmare and followed my usual pattern of making my way to my parents' bedroom. We had a long mirror that was positioned at the top of the stairs, which enabled me to see into my parents' room from my bedroom doorway. I woke in a panic and opened my door, seeing both of my parents asleep in their bed in the reflection of the mirror, and then I suddenly froze. I waited in the dark, not running to them as I normally would, and watched paralysed in fear as a white figure moved slowly around their bed, in a direction that was heading towards their doorway. That was one big nope from me. I turned, shut my bedroom door and dove under the bed covers, hiding in fright until morning. My parents later said they never felt any strangeness in that house. But as I said, it was a very difficult time for them and they were very preoccupied. I was a latchkey kid and was often home alone at a young age. My best friend lived only a street away and would often come and hang out before we walked to school. One morning when I was around seven years old, my friend and I were alone in the house and decided to play a quick round of that mastermind game where you guessed the coloured pegs. The kind of epic fun we had in the 90s. Anyway, 
We were sitting on a windowsill on the second floor of the house. There was nothing but a sheer drop beyond the window. As we played, there was a sudden and aggressive bang, bang, bang on the glass next to us. I would have thought I had imagined it, if not for the fact that my friend and I locked eyes as soon as it happened and without saying a word to each other, we grabbed our backpacks and bolted from the house. We ran all the way to school in terror and disbelief. She told me my house was definitely haunted, to which I agreed. We moved a couple of years after that and I didn't experience anything paranormal in the new house. I moved into my own house a few years ago and sometimes my sleep recorder will pick up footsteps in the middle of the night, which is not me and I live by myself. Sometimes things will randomly fall over and fall off the kitchen sides. My house is about 100 years old, so has a lot of history, but this doesn't scare me as the vibe doesn't feel negative. I just try not to give it attention. Sometimes I'll still have the mirror world nightmares, but not nearly as often, and I am able to tell whatever is trying to bother me to go away as it's not welcome. I still think they're just stress-induced rather than anything spooky, though. I don't think the banging on the window was stress-induced. And that's pretty scary. And there is something really powerful about your instantaneous reactions to things. Like you and your friend instantaneously looked at each other and ran. It was like, get out of here. We know this isn't right. We know this isn't normal. We know we shouldn't have heard that banging on the window while we were upstairs. We need to get up and we need to get out of this house right now and run the whole way to school. I understand what you mean about the dreams. I mean, it's it's very easy to say that everything is paranormal, but actually when you're going through a lot of turmoil in life, and sometimes you're going through turmoil that you don't even recognise is really tumultuous. Like sometimes things will be happening and it's only afterwards that you go, Jesus, that was a mad time in my life. And actually it can come out in really weird ways like crazy dreams or dreams that feel really real or sleep paralysis or any number of things really. So I think sometimes, you know, you have to reference that and try and make the distinction a little bit. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Rachel, Anonymous, Livia and Anonymous for sending in your stories. Remember, if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website Podcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra spooky content, you can sign up to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I will see you tomorrow.